Hey there, welcome to the Club Club Podcast. I'm James, the uh, owner and head coffee runner at Hard Audio Cables. I am joined by my three closest acquaintances. Hannah, who if you've sent us an email, you've interacted with before. Yep, that's me. Be nice to me, please. (laughs) Yes, please. Patrick, who is uh, an acoustics engineer among other things. And Zach, who has a lot of experience at television stations, running a camera, running sound, editing. Listening to sound. We've got quite a crew. Just here. hearing them. I like hearing what you think our jobs are. <laughs> <laughs> we have quite yeah. a crew here who could uh, do a great job talking about audio equipment like speakers amplifiers instruments etc yeah, do do any of you have any uh experience with instruments or well, speakers? if you would have let me finish that what i was going to say was wow. that we are not going to talk about any of those things podcast <laughs> <laughs> cool so what are we doing here so what we are going to talk about is some music and uh namely for this little episode it is going to be the new dive album, Deceiver. This came out last year, right? 2019? Or was it this year? Yeah, I think it came out about a year ago. That's right. This is one of those albums that I was looking forward to, but when I started a business, it became uh, an afterthought. Never got around to listening to it, so I'm excited we get to talk about it. This is this follow-up album to Is The Is R, which came out in 2016. And I really like that album a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know how y'all felt about it. it the, the previous one? Yeah. I wasn't really that familiar with it. I listened to it for the first time in full not that long ago. And I was very surprised by the number of tracks on the album. Mm-hmm. That is what I was going to say was my... If I had to have a complaint about it or one of my only complaints about it would have been how long it is. I mean, you guys already know that I, uh, I'm not a huge fan of overly long songs or albums. Mm-hmm. And so that one... I'm pretty pretty familiar. <laughs> yeah. Um, that one was one that I felt could have been edited a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if I should maybe just get this out of the way here, but this is my first time to listen to this band, so I kind of have little context into this album. That's perfect. I think... If you wanted to give yourself another background to start from for Dive is uh, the album before Is The Azar, which is Ocean, spelled O-S-H-I-N, I think. And that's sort of like the uh, prime most people's exposure to the dude or what, what gave gave the main guy his attention when, when he first, or his first big amount of attention, I guess, in the indie music scene. And I've listened to that one too. I thought it was great, but I have not put as much mile, mileage on it as I had the, the previous record. So, Patrick, let's start with you. What were your initial thoughts about this record? Well, I listened to this record when it first came out, um, whenever that was. It was like exactly a year ago. And that was the first time I really listened to this, this, to this band much. 
besides probably hearing a song or two. Um, but I really liked it. I feel like this band is, on this record particularly, it's not really breaking new ground, but they do what they do really well. And there's a couple of songs on here that I think are really, really good. So mm -hmm. I guess we can get into that later. But. Okay. Some general thoughts here. Hannah? Yeah, I feel like this album, I don't know, it has like a lot of standout moments to me, which I guess like, you know, we can talk about when we get into more detail of it. Um, I guess we don't know how we're going to structure this yet, but um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I pretty much like every song on it, and I feel like there's a lot of standout moments to it where it's the kind of album where when I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh yeah, it's that part. Oh yeah, it's that part. Oh yeah, it's this song, which... I always enjoy when that happens to me when listening to an album. Right. I feel similarly to you. Zach? Yeah, so if we're just doing general overviews here, I think this album made me realize I'm not that into shoegaze. Uh, yeah, I thought, you know, like, the, it was bookended by some good tracks, mm -hmm. but just the meat, like, the middle of that album just kind of dragged on for me. Um but yeah, we can we can talk about that later. For our listeners out there, uh, Zach's favorite album of all time is uh, the Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavored Water by Limp Bizkit. Uh, you know, I, it's probably in the top ten. <laughs> um, it's got some good good riffs on it. We should actually do an episode like that where like we talk about our favorite records. Patrick's sure. would be Jagged Edge. What is that? I don't know what that is. You don't know Jagged Edge. You, you do you, know Jagged Edge. You probably know at least one song. There's a really uh, popular song when we were in like middle school. That was uh, Nelly and Jagged Edge did a track together. I probably wouldn't know it. I guess it's just like hyper romantic um, R and B, which is like lots of like harmonies from Atlanta, Georgia. I thought it was just going to be Slint for like your top five spots. Slint and. Uh... They only have like two albums. What's the one Slint and the Boards of Canada, you know? The Boards of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not super uh, um, well-versed in the boards. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that this album was quite a departure from the previous one. Like, a lot noisier. And a lot more mm -hmm. just... I guess Zach hit it too, uh... Just general shoegaze sounds on it mm -hmm. you know yeah to me it's like shoegaze but it's also like i mean i guess shoegaze is kind of like loud but to me this is like shoegaze but like in like loud in a way that's like in your face it's more than just being like atmospheric yeah which i like like it's more like confrontational sounding to me or something i don't know mm -hmm. and to your point earlier one of the things i was going to say about the dude his name is zachary cole smith um mm -hmm. i guess he's the main songwriter for the band maybe that maybe it is more of a collaborative effort i always had the impression that it's like one dude with hired guns or with his supporting cast i get the vibe that he's definitely firmly the band leader but yeah mm -hmm. i don't know for sure I felt like the dude is really just knows how to write a good hook. Like all the vocal parts are always really memorable mm -hmm. in almost every song. So 
particularly for me, my my favorite part of the record, what I thought was the strongest, was like songs two through five, two through six are like really, really strong. Yep. Those are my favorite tracks. Yeah, agree. I like the opening track a lot, um, Horsehead, and then I, I'm afraid. Wait, what, of what songs did James say that he likes? Two through six. Which I yeah, agree which with, is, but yeah, I also like the opening track a lot. Kind of the inverse of my opinion. I like, know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Horse, Horsehead was great, and then like the album didn't pick up for me until probably The Spark. The Spark, to me, is the best song on the album, for sure. I probably would agree with you, honestly. See, and um, That bass line is really, really good. It just like grooves the whole time. Exactly. I remember thinking like when I was listening to it, I was like, okay, it's going to drop off here about three quarters of the way through. And then, then there was like one really great song, The Spark. And then I, I liked the last song a lot too. Yeah. I thought that when you what were saying I... it, Zach was like, oh man, I, I'm opposite of him. I don't know why we're friends. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite, uh, I guess, like points in the album is um, track five, I guess, like right in the middle, Taker. Something about that song, like the first time that I heard it, there's that that like guitar tone that comes in like two thirds of the way through that song that like to me sounds exactly like Modest Mouse and like every time that it starts. So I just like start grinning because it like sounds exactly like Modest Mouse to me. I need to go revisit that. that Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure what you're talking about either, but. James, I was sure you would know what I was talking about. That's why I'm kicking myself. I'm like, I don't remember thinking that, but now that I, uh, now that you said that I need to go listen. Yeah. No, it sounds so like I thought exactly something like I'm afraid that when I tell you all you're gonna completely disagree with me and I'm gonna feel like an idiot mm-hmm. but on the first track I thought this sounds at times like horse jumper of love I don't disagree and I thought it was more of like this um, maybe more modern shoegaze and dreams dream pop sound that I mean, really do you think anymore. that it I was mean, that is, it is maybe inspired by that a little bit? I mean, the song's called Horsehead. That's what I would have thought. That's <laughs> what I'm saying, I thought. Like, we've we've all used working titles of the band we're trying to rip off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Too true. So I would be super stoked if that was the case, if that was exactly what was happening, but I don't know. And I didn't... No, I don't think that's happening. I didn't think. didn't know if you guys would agree with me on that on that take there. Yeah, I agree with it. Okay. So I also enjoyed that this album was 10 tracks long versus 17, which yep. I thought I was kind of expecting it to be longer. It's like when I listen to an album, I try to maybe be as ignorant of like the backstory of the band and all that as possible just to try to like listen to it in a vacuum see if I like mm-hmm. it and then generally if I if I like it or feel strongly about it then I want to go learn more about the band and stuff but um so I really like this guy's previous record so it's already on my radar and I was looking forward to it but between that record and this one he either I think he went to um rehab or mm-hmm. yeah I was kind of skimming the wikipedia page right we started something about that it's either rehab or an overdose or both maybe mm-hmm. but I kind of figured like, okay, so it's the record where the guy's going through a catharsis or whatever, and it's going to be super long-winded and, and indulgent. I mean, not that it, not that it doesn't warrant being indulgent, going through something like that. But uh, mm-hmm. I was pleased to see that 
it was relatively uh to the point focused yep mm -hmm. i thought that was cool and i am not super big on lyrics but i it's still 44 minute song but yeah 10 track <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good length i always feel like 40 to 50 minutes is a solid length for an album when i was growing up you know 14, 16 track long albums, they use every single minute up of the 74 minutes on a CD or 80 minutes on the CD. Yeah. Yeah, but you were jamming a lot of prog rock. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Are you sure? You don't want to admit it? What uh, What was I jamming back then, Zach? You know, I don't know. I was just kind of assuming. <laughs> oh, let me see. What were you going to say about the lyrics, though, James? Because I wanted to say something about that too it was either the song skin game or between tides where i was like okay yeah it seems like maybe this he's talking about rehab stuff like that but yeah so like skin game has like i think like one of the like best lyrics on the whole album about the you say it patrick because i like literally i'm not gonna remember just strung out to please the king in metropolitan sackler wing yeah yeah i like that line yeah, that's like such a good lyric. Sexy stuff. Which yeah, would be like related to. Mm-hmm. See, I, I generally ignore the lyrics for the most part, so I was kind of kind of leave that discussion up to y'all. But uh, I figured that that was going to be a heavy influence on the record or a uh, a major theme mm -hmm. of a moving on from something or being stuck in something. And I got that on a few songs. Yeah, to me, I mean, the album, I haven't analyzed the lyrics in depth, but, you know, the pieces that I've picked up from listening to it, I don't, the lyrical content doesn't seem so much to deal with moving on from addiction. It seems to deal with more being in it. Yeah, I could, I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Based off of what little I uh, yeah. kept from and it. And maybe some of the songs are getting at, like, a disillusionment with... that problem or or you know with drugs but i'm not sure not 100 percent sure zach any thoughts i mean i kind of second your i don't i'm not too into the lyrics um because i i was listening to this album more as the you know the package of the wall of sound that they were trying to do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, I, I definitely think if you haven't listened to their other records like you should give them a try because they are not um, as abrasive or like as. Yeah, and I, I've read up a little on them, and they seem uh, like this seems like a huge departure. But he also he was in Beach Fossils, which I listened to a lot of that band, and that that was something that kind of struck me like midway through the record of some of these riffs sound like early Beach Fossils. Turns out, yeah, he was the guitar player, so that makes sense. I did not know that. Yeah, I don't think I knew yeah. that either. Speaking of, of his guitar, um, well, you, you go ahead. I had a thought about his guitar, but you go, you go. No, I, that was pretty much my point, is I was just kind of uh, taking your I don't care about lyrics approach, <laughs> um, just to be honest. Yeah. Unless it's the Wu-Tang Clan, you know, I just don't care. The reason why I like that one line that I, before we move on from the lyrics, is mm -hmm. just because, I don't know, it's just kind of like, drops that reference to the Sacklers in there, which, <laughs> if you don't know, is the family that started and, like, still basically owns or runs Purdue Pharma 
and they have a huge hand in the behind oxycontin or like the opioid crisis they have a huge hand in the, mar- the art market yeah the sackler yeah. name is on like so many like museums and like even when we go down and we're walking around by harvard university it's a building i always walk by that says like sackler building and i always and it's just like, just like you know kind of makes your spine crawl a little bit now with like you know everything, everything that's you come know. out yeah it's like you think about where the money came from to finance that yeah uh do you guys want to talk like some tones on this album because that's where some of my complaints kind of are like starting with the positives i think the drums actually sound great and the guitar tones are awesome Mm -hmm. now see i think the drums are fine but i don't really think they're great necessarily really see i thought you would like the snare sound the most no why, like why i was like this think... is like a patrick snare <laughs> no really? you, think that's a, you think that's the kind of snare i like patrick's really patrick's really so. wet sounding snare I, yeah i guess no i guess i don't know patrick's well <laughs> you no guys don't patrick's know patrick at all. i said that i feel like this snare i, would I said so that just to make patrick it as slightly You're wet but like i feel like it's kind of changed splatty man and okay if it sounds kind of like it's a very close mic'd snare sound for sure. And I definitely like to hear more of the room crack. We really get that. Bah! But I mean, it works for the album. It's it's not a bad thing. But um, yeah, I think they, they kind of wanted the guitars to sit on top of everything. Yeah. As they should. Um, and I think that's kind of, yeah, and then that's kind of where I was like, maybe I don't like shoegaze because not to spoil the Deftones, but uh, no, you do know, not say anything. I think when you're do not saying anything about the Deftones, right? When you're creating a wall of sound, like you kind of have to pull in the way you pull in the elements matters and like missing a lot of that good bass tone kind of kind of sucks for me but i'm a little biased here no i thought the bass tone on this is good yeah see i I didn't like it like i think they should have like there are moments that needed like maybe something dirtier because it's what they're trying to go for it's not what i personally would have done i guess and it kind of that's what um, i'll let sunny know yeah let, let him know. That's just what let kind of made it sound so flat to me. So he's Sonny. He's the producer. Sonny DePerry. De Perry. So just off the Wikipedia here, he, he's produced My Bloody Valentine before, which they, the, yeah, My Bloody Valentine sense. tone definitely came across to me. I felt like, okay, for sure. it sounds like it. And then Nine Inch Nails, which is big for Patrick, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he actually produced any Nine Inch Nails albums. I think he was Trent Reznor's like in-house studio engineer for a while. Ooh. I don't know if he really produced anything. I mean, I think I don't know if anyone produces Trent Reznor. He, he kind of <laughs> <laughs> produces himself, but that'd be a fun um, job. I also know that Sonny DePerry did uh, the one Emma Ruth Rundle album that I know the best and like a lot. Um, and honestly, it sounds pretty similar to this album in terms of the drum sound and everything. I'm surprised that his name is not clickable on Wikipedia. Mm. It just doesn't have any click to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to like the My Bloody Valentine thing, it's funny because I feel like, I don't know, just like a theme in all the times that like Patrick and I have talked about music, which has like been our entire relationship. Like I feel like there's a thing where like we always talk about like shoegaze bands and like whether or not they actually sound like my bloody Valentine. <laughs> and like, cause I don't know. I feel like we're always like, well, that's like what shoegaze bands like want to sound like, but a lot of them don't actually sound that much like my bloody Valentine. If you then like go listen to my bloody Valentine. I, 
like I, I feel like this is just like a theme that like comes up a lot in our conversations. The way I take that is like my bloody Valentine's sound is in your face and aggressive mm-hmm. to me. No, but it's that's almost not how like, I would describe it. But their music no, but it's is almost like, like beautiful at the same time. I don't well, know. I love I, that. Band. I think what I'm getting at, what I'm yeah, getting at more too. is like if you haven't actually listened to My Bloody Valentine in a long time, you just have this thing in your head of like, oh yeah, like it's shoegaze. And so then you like hear other shoegaze bands and like different iterations of it. And then you kind of just like are so far from like the source of what you're originally thinking of that like then when you go back and listen to My Bloody Valentine, you're like, oh wait, they don't actually sound that much like them. So I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like shoegaze from the knots 2000, 2010 and the teens, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have as sharp of teeth as like My Bloody Valentine and late 80s shoegaze does you know i don't know if that makes any sense what i'm trying to say i mean of course there are expand on that i mean to me the the like if you go listen to my bloody valentine had a more aggressive sound earlier on and then but to me that you know the sound they're most famous for i wouldn't really describe teeth is not a word that i would would come to mind for me but well i I say that relative to like um the pains of being pure at heart or um, post-rock bands that would also get labeled or considered shoegaze. You know what I mean? Um, explosions in the sky, maybe, for example. Stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. It is not as noisy. Yeah, Whereas, as like, noisy, if you go yeah, if you go back that. and you listen to, like, a Jesus and Mary Chain record, that is noisy. but And it's also considered shoegaze or a precursor to it, at least. And I felt as though this album was taking more influence from that era than the more modern sound that is probably more accurate to say like it's dream pop or something rather than just shoegaze. Yeah. I agree sure. Yeah, I could see the dream pop. So no, James is saying that this isn't dream pop. Yeah, yeah, right. And I guess what I'm saying, pay attention, Zach. I'm saying, no, I'm here. Don't <laughs> you're the only one with your camera off. So we have no idea what you're this doing. This may not be like full on shoegaze or whatever, but it's definitely more shoegaze than other than other dream pop efforts or something of late or even yeah. his previous records yes very much so i, I mean agree. would you consider them a dream pop band in general yeah and definitely before i listen to make, the rest like this a dream record. pop band yeah. is making the okay. last album maybe this one i don't think so right. i wouldn't call it dream pop exactly yeah, yeah. like uh, I, I before this record for sure but to me i don't think there's like a clear um distinction between the two like you can almost interchange the two descriptions and still be okay for like maybe 85 percent of those bands you know what i mean i think most dream pop bands you're going to be able to say yeah they've got some shoegaze element to it or you can add that genre to your foobar tags on your computer you know what i mean and you'll be safe the i just want to make sure i'm safe with my tags the genre police won't come come get you (laughs) i'm trying to look up um this huge chart of uh, shoegaze bands I went through a long time ago, back when I... But if anybody else reads Tape Up, there was an interview with Sonny DePerry in there not too long ago. But he didn't discuss Dive, so don't have oh. any nuggets to share. Thank What? What did he discuss? I'm trying to remember now. Um, I think he talked to Emma Ruth Rundle. He talked to Nine Inch Nails. Funny. He doesn't use a console, he just has a patch bay for outboard gear, but he, he does the summing in the box. Mm-hmm. 
So, it seems like everybody has an answer from our discussion already, but what do we, how do we sum it up? Like, favorite, favorite track, worst track? Would you recommend it? Do you not even want to do that? Is it worth doing that? I think favorite track, worst track is interesting. I don't know what the worst track would be for me. Yeah, worst track for me is harder to pick because I I don't know the name super well, but of the ones that I don't like. Sure, but also I didn't really go into the album like thinking about, hey, is this song worse than the other ones? I'm probably (laughs) going to be able to do this with the Deftones record, but for most albums I listen to, I do not ever like feel like, man, I really dislike that track, Uh, unless it really is like especially bad to me and yeah okay. yeah it'd have to really stick out for me to actually say this is the worst song on the album yeah mm-hmm. yeah um and i don't think there was anything on this album that did that i i think for me personally it nothing really st- stuck out <laughs> too much for me in this album at all so you're not gonna be revisiting it much honestly uh i was thinking about that on my i was listening to it again on the way home from work and i was having that exact thought of like I probably won't listen to this unless I have to again. Like, unless someone else is listening to it around me. Uh, Jessica actually really likes this album, though, by the way. Well, so, she's the one to talk to. You. Get her in here. She might have better taste than you. You're probably right. <laughs> but I guess if we go best track, like, probably split between The Spark and Blanket Ship. For me, it, best track is Skin Game. Or for me, like I think before you were skin born, game and maybe. taker. The spark was the first song that stood out to me from mm-hmm. this album, and I I probably listened to it like over a hundred times or more. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably still have to say that's my favorite song. But uh, skin game is very close. So there you go. If you're gonna if you're gonna uh, give it a taste test, those are probably the two tracks to start with. Wait, which tune? The ones Patrick said? Skin Game and The Spark, right? Those appeared the most times. Yeah, I see. The ones I picked. I felt like (laughs) (laughs) I felt like uh, like Before You Were Born felt like the single. I don't know if they released anything as singles or not, but that Mm. felt like what would have been released as a music video or something. There are a couple music videos. Uh, I can't remember for which song. Skin Game, Taker, and Blankenship were the singles. Huh. Interesting, Interesting choices. Taker was one of Hannah's. Yep, that's the one with the Modest Mouse guitar. Yeah, I gotta revisit that. I like I like wow. the last song too on the album. It's kind of more of a slow burn than all the other tracks, and I thought it was a nice closer. I agree for them to have, throw one of those slow burns in there. I agree. I hate to say it or whatever. I like the song. Like I like I said, I like this album and I don't really feel like um, I dislike anything. But I felt like the lead track was maybe one of the weaker tracks on the album to me. I like that. That could have also been because I was a little bit um, surprised at the sound based off of what I had listened to before. Ooh. Exactly. Don't like to yeah, hear just... I want that. I want that <laughs> gift. So you uh, you put your feet in to check the the temperature and you didn't like it at first. Not that I didn't like it, but I was just it was different. 
Oh, okay. Just the water you know, felt you, weird. I don't know if you guys ever get this. Uh, Patrick will probably say I'm stupid for doing this, but whenever I really like a record, I'm afraid to listen to other albums in the band's discographies because I'm afraid it might like sour my opinion of the band or something. And I really liked that that previous record to this. So you get a, I get yeah. like a little nervous as I'm listening to the new one. Like, oh no, is this gonna be a a, a problem? But I like the song, and I, I ended up liking the whole album. I don't really think that way, but it is interesting. You know, when you have an album that you really like from a band, like it almost just seems like a chore to listen to. Sometimes, the other stuff. yeah, that's I what where that I too. come from. It's like yeah. the new album is just I can't get up the motivation to listen to it. Like. Yeah, you're just afraid of, like, if you're listening to their other stuff, you would just rather be listening to I'm it. not afraid. I just literally have I'm no s- motivation really to listen to it. <laughs> it's like, what could top this, I guess? I don't even have, like, an interest in it for some reason. I don't know why that happens, but, like... <laughs> and, like, being a person in a band, that's, yeah. like, horrifying to think that people <laughs> yeah. think that, but, like, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah, it's true. I think um, a band that most recently did that but, for me... Or oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, for me, the bigger the band is, the more that happens. So I kind of feel like as a band gets more popular, I kind of feel like, oh, well, they're successful now. You know, I don't really have to support them anymore. <laughs> Something like that. I think that, that attitude plays into it a little bit. It could. It could. It's like the underdog mentality is like gone. The more uh, success Deaf Heaven got, the less I felt motivated to check out their new albums. <laughs> I could see that, but their new albums were really good. That's what I've heard, but I still have not heard. You it. haven't listened to either of them. I've heard New Bermuda. That's the second, second most, most recent, recent right? yeah. I haven't heard the one after that. It's good. I like New Bermuda. I remember us discussing that when it came out. Um, we'll have to talk about Death Heaven another time too. Brought us together. Um, yeah, James, that was the first time I met you. I think. Yeah, because you and Patrick had met at work, but then we were like already going to go see Deaf Heaven in Dallas, and you were too. So then we just like met you there. I don't want to ride together with these strangers. I don't know if we rode together, I but I don't think we did. Yeah, I don't think we did. But like at the show, like was when I met, met you for the first time, and it was like, oh, this is like Patrick's new work friend. That's and cute. I think I had bought my bike that day, and so we like had it in the back of our car, and I was like worried it was going to get stolen. I think I do show. remember that. Also, funnily enough, yeah. first kiss for Patrick and I that night. <laughs> also cute. That's not what I expected you to say, but I'm happy for you guys. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's very t- very soft lips. Um, did we do it? I guess yeah. so. Sure. I think so. That's fun. Yeah. Add a closing remark of some sort. Um, thanks for listening to the club club podcast if you want to join the uh club club official group of followers or support porters um you can't because we're not accepting new members <laughs> i don't know thanks for listening to the club 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 podcast blah, blah. wait what what are we doing next time <laughs> we're doing deftones right i think our goal for this is to not necessarily only review new albums, but to sort of go back and revisit albums that one of the four of us might think is worth taking a look at, a deeper look at, uh, that may not have been like a buzz album or may have been buzzy and then kind of fell off the radar or something. 
So, why are you guys laughing at me? Does what I put in the chat. No, the kid is saying we already know that. I'm trying to explain it to our audience. Oh, okay. Jeez. Okay, that, that's good. Take it from the top. Forget it. I'm done. Out of here. <laughs> no, that was really good, James, but like I just I thought. Join us next week when we'll talk about some other things.